This is Zomboka. This is Zomboka. Welcome and to welcome Zombo to you who have come to <laughs> Zomboka. Mal's um, has been taken off the air, and uh, it's yeah. it's Zombocom now. Now this is Zombocom. How does it feel to be on Zombocom, everyone? I feel great. I've I feel never fantastic. Been there before today. Wait. So today How was actually to so today was actually your first time going to Zombocom. I have never, not that I can remember, I have never I, been I, to that. I have literally place. shown everybody who I have ever, like, been friends with. It, it was Nathan's home. homepage for, like, a decade. It was my it might still be. for a decade. <laughs> it can yeah. be your homepage again. Like, if you ever did, well, I must have just, like, completely phased it out because I did not remember that. I'm yeah. setting it to my homepage right now. I'll set yeah. it, I'm, I'm gonna set it up. I don't really have a homepage anymore, though. That's the thing. Like, I I should set it as my homepage because I don't use a homepage for anything. So it's the perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're getting off topic. Uh, this is Mal was a mensch. Um, a podcast. Zombocom edition. This is a podcast where we allegedly welcome you to Zombocom. <laughs> um, I'm Nathan. I'm Abby. I'm Mike. Uh, hi, I'm Ivy. I'm being the editor. I do that. Do the editing, the editing, the, and the, 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 the producer, resident uh, Moxie fiend. That's right. Because today <laughs> we have it's kind, well, it's kind of a non-alcoholic episode, but there's still alcohol involved. Today we have Moxie, the very famous, infamous, famous uh, New England soda. Um, it's uh, it's it's Moxie, and. Um, it's it actually, distinctively different. It's distinctively different, and it has a dapper gentleman on an orange can. Um, we're going to be having this, and we'll be having a special Moxie cocktail that's Moxie and gin and maybe Worcestershire sauce, if you're into that. And it allegedly yeah. tastes... I don't think anyone is into that. It allegedly <laughs> tastes like Necco wafers. Um, but uh, first, let's, let's fucking crack into this Moxie. You know, that's what I'm talking All about. Right. All right. All right. Uh, so on three, two, one, go. Uh, <laughs> on three, two, one, go. Three, two, one, go. I love that shit. It tastes so fucking oh, good. Oh man, it is one of the best sodas ever ever invented. Like, it is it is the one good thing to come out of New England? <laughs> Abby literally made that same exact joke earlier today. Oh yeah, <laughs> Courtney, I'm sorry. Oh shit, you're right. That's all I got. Oh shit. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Courtney. It's there. There can be two good things that come out of New England. Actually, maybe we three. can adopt her as a as a southerner. Yeah, we'll we'll adopt her as a southerner. Then we're fine. Um. Anyway, it's it's good. Um, it has a really unique taste. I uh, I really don't know how to describe it. Um, it's it's just I don't know. I, normally, like because I cook and shit, like I'm pretty good at like analyzing the flavor of something. But I really don't know. I don't know what to do with with Moxie's flavor. I'm I'm not sure what it is. It's some kind of like herbal flavor, but I, I really it's, don't it's know. It's gentian root. Yeah, I've so never it's, it's, like cooked with that or anything, so I've. I, yeah, I don't know what else it's used for, but it's it. So it tastes sort of like root beer, but like, 
not. Yeah. Like, if you got, like, yeah. an actual, like, sarsaparilla root beer. Yeah, this then is... Then it tastes sort of oh like that, do you think but that, different. Do you think that Sunset Sarsaparilla tastes like Moxie, and that's why everybody across the Mojave Wasteland drinks it? Mmm. That's yeah. gotta be it, right? I mean, look at the guy. He he looks like he could be... He's he's from New Fallout. Vegas. Yeah, he's from New... Well, actually, Moxie is already in the Fallout universe. It's called... Oh, really? Yeah, it's called Vim, with an exclamation mark. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's literally Moxie. It's only found in the main DLC, and um, it has a guy on it who's pointing just like this guy. Um, so yeah, it's it's literally Moxie's already in the Fallout universe. That's incredible. So on the topic of Moxie, though, um, the word Moxie comes from the drink and not the other way around. And this soda became so popular, I believe, in the early twentieth century that it became like. It, it, and it was, you know, back when sodas and stuff were sold as, like, energy drinks, put a pep in your step. And so this, like, became synonymous with, like, having a pep in your step, having some moxie. You got um, moxie, and su- kid. Supposedly leading theory is that it comes from some indigenous word in Massachusetts that um, means dark water. But there's not a really clear linguistic connections. And there's plenty of things that supposedly come from an indigenous word that don't like the state of Idaho um which is not a real word yeah in any language some dude made it up <laughs> some guy went over there and he's like hey i'm Daho. and that's how he's it was called, that's how yeah. it was called idaho that's exactly right yeah um okay i got something that's completely off topic but it's just something i have to talk everything's about. on topic it's, well it's it's off the topic of moxie but i really have to talk about it, it happened today i don't normally talk about work on here um, but this is a work tale that I just can't pass up. So I, I, I telework, um, and I am on a, uh, teams meeting, right? And this is like a monthly teams meeting where everybody like in my like group, like in, in my, uh, department, I guess you could say. So like 80 people are on this meeting, like 60 to 80 mm-hmm. people. And it's it's a monthly thing, and, like, people go over, like, hey, here's what, like, this team accomplished, uh, you know, in this past month. Like, here's this, this these people get the spotlight. Whatever. Anyway, okay. I, I, I didn't start this job too long ago, so I've only been on two of these. So I'm just sitting there hanging out, and um, we're a little more than halfway through the meeting. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, a, uh, a dude... Looks like he's maybe in, like, his mid-30s. He must have just joined the meeting. Um, and he joins and he has his camera on. And um, he's at he's in the pool. And the laptop wow. or, the, or the computer is clearly, like, sitting on the edge, like, on the concrete edge of the pool, right? Oh, no. And he's like standing up, and you could like like you you get you're getting a great view of his nipples, you know, just like in the <laughs> camera, right? And he's yeah. like he's like adjusting it. He's he's clearly trying. At first, I thought he was adjusting the camera, but as you'll see, he's clearly just adjusting it so that way I guess he can see it very conveniently while still in the pool. Mm-hmm. And so he finishes adjusting it, and he's he's just hanging, you know, and then like maybe a minute or two passes and you can see the look on his face. It's like, Oh fuck. And he, um, he realizes that he's on camera 
And he, he swims over and turns it off. And nobody in the meeting says anything. Huh. Like, like no, the presenters don't stop and are like, hey, uh, Jim, you know, your, your camera's on. Nobody stops and says... Nobody says anything in chat. No, and nobody like, wants to ruin a good thing. And like, I'm, well, I'm just sitting here like, was this a fever dream? Like, was <laughs> I the only one who saw this? Like, what, what just happened? Because nobody says a thing. And so I'm wondering, like, one, yeah, maybe nobody wants to ruin a, a good thing. But two, maybe, you know, maybe Jim like comes on every so often and he just like gives everybody a view of his, you know, shirtless dad bod for two minutes during the meeting. And then turns it off. Maybe this is a regular thing, you know. Summer it's good fr- for company morale. Summer Fridays. <laughs> Summer Fridays in like in in uh, early spring. Well, yeah. Actually, I guess we're about a third of the way through spring. Yeah, and you know what? This has been a hot spring. So I, uh, I, I, I to- we're setting record levels across the United States. I totally jump in the pool. You know, I jump in the pool too if yeah. I could. Yeah. So that Somebody happened today, and I just need to talk about it with somebody. That's fair. Huh. Um, yeah. We had the world's most rancid tofu today. Yeah, that's... Well, we didn't have it. We well, threw yeah, it out. Well, we, <laughs> we previously had it until we opened it and threw it out. Um, and again, I do just want to clarify, this isn't my top five worst smells. It smelled like a butcher shop's dumpster full of raw rancid meat. Um, it is up there with the dumpsters behind the restaurants on Franklin Street during 100 degree days in summer, and the Swamp Pooper, who I still think takes, like, the top tier spot, but the Swamp, it's up there. If it's anywhere near the Swamp Pooper, oh, and Nico's, like, fish shits if he eats fish oil or something. (laughs) But, like, if it's up there, then that... Mike thought we were exaggerating until he walked out into the house. Or, like, we opened the door and it wafted into his room, despite the fact that we'd taken almost everything out and wiped down the counters. And we have the kitchen door open to air it out. It's fucked up. Yeah, that, that really is fucked up. That's It's pretty bad. Um, How does tofu smell like a landfill? It was just tofu. It wasn't flavored tofu or anything. It was just plain, firm tofu. Organic organic <laughs> well you know it also can smell like decaying organics apparently um well yeah but like it smelled worse i have smelled better roadkill than that tofu like how did it smell worse than like actual rancid meat that i've smelled it smelled like a hot dumpster full of like rancid ground beef or something to all the vegetarians, this just proves that tofu is not fit for human consumption and that you should see the error of your ways. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Which yeah, I don't know, you know if that's, that's sad I don't know if that's what it's saying, but... Uh... We, we were going to eat the tofu and try out our air fryer that I've never used because I was going to air fry the tofu and then uh, fry it in some sesame oil to finish it off. Um, and that's not happening. That didn't happen. So that's I really disappointing, so excited. too. So what is going to be the first thing you throw in the air fryer? Also, I'm going to I'm gonna make this moxie cocktail because like, I kind of want to get into it. All right, all right. So it's supposed to be like uh, one um, part gin to two to three parts moxie. Yeah, I'm just pouring the whole thing of gin in there. I mean, these are like, what, two ounces? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be anything that bad. I'm just taking the rest of the moxie and the rest of the gin, mixing it together, and then, you know, have at it. 
Alright, this is supposedly called the New Englander. See how it is. I'm still mixing mine. I'm having trouble with the lid. My hands are too lotioned. Ah, help. You know, you get nothing. It means that your hands are, uh, they're hydrated. Yeah. Yeah, my hands are hydrated, but it's a problem now. Ugh. We have pliers. I'm... Pliers? <laughs> yeah, to twist. Wait. To grab, to grab the cap and twist it off. Oh, I, I just drank a little bit. I, I'm sorry, I should have waited, but it tastes good. It's alright. I'm not a, usually a fan of gin, which is why I got the tiny bro- bottles. I mean, it doesn't really taste like gin to me. It, it, like, the gin... I don't know. Like, it, it makes, like... It, I don't know. It just goes together well. It goes together well. I don't know if it tastes like a fucking Neko wafer, though. I'm not sure where anybody's getting that shit from. I'm gonna go get some pliers. Well, I think it's... I think the Neko wafer tastes maybe when you put in the lime and, again, the Worcestershire sauce. Um... Mike? Which sounds terrifying. Mike, what do you think? I don't think Mike's drinking. He's 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 not doing any alcohol. Oh. Mike might also be on mute. He's dead. Oh, sorry, I muted because I was... I, I fucking knew it. <laughs> <laughs> um I I'm not drinking. <laughs> oh, okay. Well then we'll save your opinions on Moxie for the end. Um, well, well, we'll get the full opinion on Moxie and, I, I guess, the New Englander towards the uh, end. I don't really know. Um, like, I, Well, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I don't really have a huge, like, separate opinion about the New Englander. I don't have any thoughts about the New Englander, I'm just going to say it right uh, now. Yeah, no, I, I'm just going to throw it in. We always save, like, full opinions till the end, so, like, yeah, you know. Yeah, like, and what we're reviewing tonight is Moxie, not the New yeah. Englander. So, but we'll we'll throw it in like this is I looked up Moxie cocktail and this is what came up. So right, this is right. I guess the the classic. Yeah. Um which I'd never heard of in Massachusetts but supposedly I think I've it's made in Western Mass with without the Worcestershire sauce and it's called the Felix and I think I have heard of that. I think I've seen that in bars and stuff. So You know who we should ask? Um, who should we ask? Logo. I wish I was I wish he hadn't blocked me on Twitter. Well, I deleted my I just, Twitter, so I haven't seen a, I, just, okay. I haven't seen a logo post in a while. How are you holding up? Great news. I've applied the the pliers, yeah, pliers to the Seagrams, and I have managed to open it. Nice. I'm so happy you. for you. Thank you, thank you. I will now be Nathan, trying this drink. How are you holding up, not having seen a logo post in like weeks? I'm kind of doing fine. Um, you Let, know, can you educate me who the fuck is logo? Hmm. Oh, I, I'm not. No. That's okay. That's tasty. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Okay, who's Logo? So Logo Daedalus is. The... I don't think I can. Logo Daedalus is so steeped in like specific weird political and internet lore that I'm not sure I can. He's a Ganon main in melee, apparently though. He's a Ganon main in melee. Um, he plays Gen Three net battle, and he's maybe. Certainly one of the greatest um, Twitter posters, at least in the political hmm. sphere. Um, you know, if by great you mean deranged, then sure. Yeah, I mean that's mm. that's the measure of greatness. How deranged you are. Um, I really you can't. Know, in I, political I can't, sphere, yeah. I can't. I can't describe him. Um, he is. He's a communist, but we'll put like a big like I don't know like a question mark an asterisk. 
something like that on the end. Um, he's he's one of a kind. You know, you see those people with terrible political opinions and you think to yourself, wow, you should read more theory or like the news or something or anything. Logo is the opposite. Logo needs to read less. He needs to go mm-hmm. outside and touch grass. <laughs> well, he need- As his dad told him, he needs to go chop wood. Yeah. <laughs> logs won't logs won't chop themselves, son. Yeah. He has a kid now. I thought he uh, he Terrifying. was going he was going to retire from Twitter to raise his child, but now retire but from Twitter. <laughs> but now he um now he still posts he still posts the exact same thing that he has been posting, but he uh he just also posts about his kids sometimes. And he seems very, you know, he seems like he really loves being a father, so I'm happy for him. I don't think I'm happy for that kid. That kid? I think I feel bad for the kid. What are you talking about? How do you feel bad for the kid? I wish that... I love my parents, all right? But I kind of wish that they were politically schizophrenic. No, I don't think I wish my parents were schizo posters on Twitter. I wish the opposite of that. Um, whatever the yeah, first thing I'm actually thing really away. happy that my mom is not online at all, actually. Yeah, I think you're on your own on that one, Nathan. I I, I d- mean, I think I would like to see your dad like maybe doing schizo posts about like old punk fans <laughs> and shit. <laughs> I think that would be quite funny. I don't know. I don't know how well my dad's humor would like carry over to online. Cause like he that- just has an aura. Exactly. I feel like that would be the best part. It would be without the aura, so the, all of the irony would just be like. I don't maybe I don't know I wish any of his texts and stuff he just like dad texts it's usually like either just like three words or like some stupid dad pun well shout out to our families shout out to our families this time um what else has been going on uh you know Uh, we really have to do the Gen 2 episode, but you know why we're not going to be able to do the Gen 2 episode? Why is that? Because Pokemon got destroyed by God. Well, that did happen, but also Abby That's real. is about to get her face cut up, but in a good way. Yeah. Facial feminization surgery coming up like in a week and two days as of the recording of this episode. <clears throat> If you want to give me money, you can check my Twitter, GoFundMe, Facebook, really, probably the links under this podcast. You know, we'll get there. Also, sub to our Patreon. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Raid Shadow Legends, hit us up. Yeah. Just while we're here. Raid? Or Raid the Bug Spray. Yeah, or Raid the Bug Spray. Um, we'll also it's take... be that time of year. We'll also take some B-tier um, mobile games, like Ebony. You know, if Ebony wants to hit mm. us up, Homescapes, mm-hmm. or is it Gardenscapes? You, you know the one I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That one can hit us up, too. Um, yeah. I'll really take any sponsorship. That bootleg Naruto game with the bad CGI ads, that that one can hit us up. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. Really, like... I, I don't know. Genshin Impact. Hit us up. It, it can be anyone. Just, you know, call us. I think Genshin Impact is actually above our pay grade. Genshin, all of this is above our pay grade. People actually play that game. 
all of this is above our pay grade because we have like three <laughs> listeners or something. Uh, people play um, Raid Shadow Legends, I think. Yeah, but like who? Clearly they do, like because they have a ton yeah. of money and like their their metrics look good. But who? I I genuinely I don't know. Damn, maybe I should you... maybe I should go download Raid Shadow Legends after this. <laughs> is this how they get <laughs> you? Right, is this how they this... get you? <laughs> Raid Shadow Legends, this is one convert already from Malwazimensh, so feel free to hit us up and give us um, big sacks of money. Big big sacks with the dollar sign on them, filled with money. Yeah. Money, me. I think money. The, the wildest money. things that I learned Elon about... Ma. <laughs> I think one of the wildest things that I learned about mobile games is that they literally don't they make trailers for the games before they actually make the games and then just make the games off of which trailers get the most traction off of them. That's so, fucking insane. That's right? Nuts. Because it's just like they just create a thousand trailers that are vaguely similar and then ADR like people's voices saying like specific things to what they're trying to to something different. And then whatever just like gets the most views or most interest in it, that's the one that they make. That explains well why most mobile game trailers are nothing like the game at all. Exactly. I think that this is amazing. And, um, I mean, it's kind of terrible, but it's also amazing, you know? I just, you know, I think it kind of sucks because, like, they... There's so many trailers that I see the trailers and I'm like, I would play this game. And then you open it up and it's just fucking shit. Just absolutely terrible. And you're like, it's nothing like the game. And you're like, this... I miss flash games. Yeah, that's what this boils down to. Mobile gaming should just be flash games, and somehow it's not, and it's worse, and it's all ruined. Yeah, it's you know the curse of monetization, right? Um, yeah. Oh, I have to go let me go up. Uh, I hear a cat. I hear a cat screeching. Um, yeah. No. So I've. Uh, Today, I've really been thinking, and, and, you know, before we started recording today, um, Ivy sent me a fantastic voice memo on this, and I brought this up earlier. I've been really thinking about how the Pokemon Metapod really should have evolved into Venomoth. I mean, Mm. it clearly was going to. Do we we know what happened? I know Game Freak's usually pretty tight-lipped about their beta stuff, so... Well, we haven't... The problem is positive that it was literally just like some something it was like because it's a gen one thing so it's like all the way back when they didn't have like the most focus testing so it's literally i literally think that they just like mixed up the files and they were just like well the game's already well that that's kind of the thing like because it's gen one there's like a 50 percent chance that this was like a conscious decision and then there's a 50 percent chance that this is just like it's I it's just Gen One, right? And so it was a fuck up, mm-hmm. and then it got enshrined in history. But like the problem is, is that we have like copious amounts of like beta versions of Gen Two. We have the Space World demo, and then we have the actual like beta Gold and Silver, right? So we have mm-hmm. like two levels of what Gen Two was like in beta, um, and it's very very interesting to see its development. But we beta whooper is, is incredible. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of beta mons are really, really cool in Gen two, and and a big problem. Like I love Gen two. Gen two is my favorite gen. I'm very excited to do the episode on it eventually. 
But we should do an episode 0.5 of um, Betamons. Yeah, we should. But the thing about Gen 2 that like makes me sad, even though it's my favorite gen, is that when you look at the Betamon, some of the designs are so like gonzo and out there. And then in the final version, they like clearly toned it down, right? Gen 2 is a very... Octillery was robbed. Yeah, Octillery was robbed. Mantine was robbed. There are a lot of Pokemon that were that were robbed. Um, and But what I was saying was with Gen 1, we don't have like a Gen 1 beta, right? We, we're not even sure if there's one out there. We have beta sprites, some beta sprites but not like a full game and from that information there's no way to tell if at some point in development um uh metapod was supposed to evolve into venomoth because it's not like this is a cut evolution it would just be switching around two pokemon that are already in the game or just the sprites or just the sprites so like there's there's actually this like huge problem with remastering some games and stuff. Um, I don't know if it, Game Freak has it or not, but I think like Final Fantasy or something ran into this, where like up to like Final Fantasy six, I want to say, like all the files were just deleted. So like anything they've had to like backbuild from their own games to like remake games, um, just because like it was a common thing. Like you make the game, okay space is limited you don't have you're not running around with four terabyte hard drives like you delete it we're working on the next game <clears throat> and it means like all these old assets and shit are just like gone and yeah. cannot be remade in the same way and so like all these so many remasters are like actually remakes to some extent because so much of the code is just gone and that's I, who knows if that happened with pokemon but like that's crazy to think about well we can we can recover a lot like there is a lot that has been recovered probably more than when I was younger, I ever thought I'd see oh, like the I, fact I mean, the fact the fact that we like not only have like beta like full beta Pokemon that were cut like that's one thing we kind of had that before, but the fact that we had cut like middle evos and like pre evos like how Blastoise was supposed to be separate from the Squirtle line, or how yeah. there was supposed to be a middle. Um, evo between psyduck and golduck like i never thought we'd see any of that yeah that's true um especially again for a game as old as pokemon pokemon was god i want to say like 97 red and blue is 95 jeez wow i those games are pretty wild because they literally had to cut content due to space um they pushed the like hardware so far yeah uh like, I, I know one of the things was originally there was supposed to be the option to pick um, male or female trainer sprites, um, which would have been green. But she got cut from the content just because they were cutting everything that they could to save space. Um, and that's crazy. That's really pushing the, the shitty little Game Boy hardware. Yeah, and um, it took, like, Jesus, is this going to become Pokemon history episode? Um, It took uh, seven years of development. Um, Really? Yeah. So it came out at the very end of the Game Boy's life cycle, and Nintendo didn't think it was going to fucking be anything. So they were like, yeah, whatever, we'll go ahead and release it, and it can cap off the Game Boy. And, like, everybody was surprised, much less Game Freak, that it took off the way it did. And because it sold so well... 
immediately, right? Um, mm-hmm. They uh, they were told pretty much right away, okay, go work on the sequel, which ended up becoming Gold and Silver. But then in the middle of working on Gold and Silver, the anime took off so well that Nintendo said, oh, stop, hold the fuck up. Can you release like an anime version of the game? And that's how we got Yellow. Mm-hmm. So Gold and Silver production started like right after, which is why the earliest beta that we have, the Space World beta, it's for the Game mm-hmm. Boy Color, but it looks like a Game Boy game. Because basically, yeah, they just like got to work immediately. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think there's also the aspect that like Game Freak was not original like was not like set out originally to be a game uh developer. That's also it true. Was, yeah. Yeah, it was originally like a video game magazine that was just there were just like a bunch of enthusiasts and they began developing their own thing. So there might have been like an aspect of them not being able to fit as much on the disc because they didn't know how to like kind of uh, what's the word? They didn't know optimize. how to. They didn't know how to opt. Well, they didn't know how to make a fucking optimize, game. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't know how to make a fucking game. <laughs> and that's why, like, that's why, like, there's a lot of people who rip on Red and Blue, and like, you know, Red and Blue has they, it, those games have a lot of problems. But the thing about them is that it took a long time to develop, and all of the bugs and glitches are not because. They're not there for the same reasons that we see bugs and glitches in, like, AAA games today, where it's because, like, there's crunch and they're forced to shit out a game really quickly. The bugs and glitches in Red and Blue are because they really, really lovingly made a game, but they also did not know what they were doing. And I think that that's, you know, I will always forgive Game Freak for any bugs in Red and Blue (laughs) because of that. That's the thing, right? Like, who really gives a shit at the end of the day? We all had fun with it as a kid. You can whine all you want about bugs or glitches, but they created one of the most fun gameplay loops of all time that spawned, like, the world's largest video game franchise or something. Not not just that. It's, like, literally the largest franchise in, in, in like, existence. <laughs> I don't... Yeah. It's, so it's, it's actually... Fucking... It's true. It has toppled Hello Kitty. Damn. Pour one out for Hello Kitty. Anyway. <laughs> fucking. All I'm saying is some some weird nerds got together and made something they thought were fun. And they pushed it to the limits. And it was really good. So, like, who cares if it was glitchy or you want to whine about it or whatever. But. Yeah. But. Shit was different 25 years ago. <laughs> Butterfree and Venomoth were switched. And that's unforgivable. <laughs> that's right. right. Would uh, if Butterfree and Venomoth were switched back, would that fix all of the problems of Pokemon? Yes, I think it would. Yes, it would. <laughs> so any, any problem that's ever been with Pokemon, it would it would fix them. So like classic time machine question: you can go, you get one, you can go back in time and kill Baby Hitler, or you can fix Venomoth and Butterfree. I'm not getting. <laughs> can I? Can, wait, okay. I can only like do one of those two things but can i still make multiple stops on the time machine <laughs> no you only get one one of two so i i have to go to one spot in the timeline yeah
Wait, is Nathan asking if you can use it for like recreational okay. use? No, no, no. I only I, I want to go to both like spots on the time stream, but I don't necessarily want to kill baby Hitler. But I still want to go to the 1940s, and you'll see in a second. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna. This is getting. You know, you could go back and you could witness the birth of uh, Moxie. Well, okay. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna first. First, I'm going to switch Venomoth and Butterfree. Then I'm going to okay. take a Game Boy. I'm going to take some, like, a nice, like, hefty amount of double A's. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a copy of Red and Blue. And I'm going to go back to, like, I guess, like, 1890, maybe? 1900? Mm-hmm. Find Hitler. Give him a copy of Pokemon Red and Blue and a copy of 21 Jump Street and tell him, hey, watch this. You'll be fine. <laughs> All right, but hear me out. What if you already did that? But but you gave him the wrong copy, and Butterfree and Venomoth were switched. And that, but <laughs> but he also watched Twenty One Jump Street. How does he watch Twenty One Jump Street? Where 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 do you go from that? Do you that, do you have to like find a film reel version of Twenty One? Yeah, I gotta Street? I gotta find a thirty millimeter cut of Twenty One Jump Street. <laughs> World War Two happens, but it's Germany against Japan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's Nintendo Nintendo did exist. So like World War II happens and he goes after Nintendo in Japan. This um, is like this is this is a Hearts of Iron mod. This is a Hearts of Iron mod that needs is. to be made. This actually is. <laughs> if I could uh if I could step in. Yeah. What we were talking about earlier does uh relate back to something that I did want to touch on. Uh, just because I've had it on my mind recently, uh, it's and it's that the uh, at the end of last month, from when we're recording this, the uh, there was that whole thing about the uh, Nintendo eShop closing. Yeah. Oh shit! I forgot about that. Yeah, g- give us this fucking scoop. Well, if you're unaware, the uh, online retail markets for the Wii U and the 3DS both closed. And it made all of the games on that platform uh, completely unobtainable through legal means. I would never support criminal activity. (laughs) No, not. Never. Um, I love crime. (laughs) I'm a crime advocate. I think we should legalize crime. Well, hold on. We have to check Raid Shadow. Uh... Raid Shadow Legends opinion on crime before we mm. take a stance. One yeah, way or the other. hold on. None of the opinions expressed in this podcast reflect the opinions <laughs> of Raid Shadow Legends or Legacy of Warfire Age. Insert pre- <laughs> reflect anything related to insert brand deal here. Um, but yes, in, in relation to that, there was a very good uh, video by. Uh, Gerard Khalil, also known as the Completionist, which I watched, which was the necessary logistics to go about buying every single game available on those platforms for the purposes of preservation. Mm-hmm. Which isn't... It's, there was a little bit of pushback of, like, you can... definitely obtain these but to go through the legal means of acquiring all of these games was incredibly interesting to watch 
Uh, did he need this, like an external drive for that? He had to do. He had to get several external drives for it because yeah, the Wii U has like what thirty two gigs, I think, or something. Well, it's also interesting because apparently the Wii U has a limit on how many Windows for games that you can have. Even if you have enough external space, you have a limit of how many Windows for games that you can play. Click on to play the game. So do you like need another Wii U? He needed like several. Uh, I don't remember how many he had eventually, but he needed several different S- separate SD cards. Uh, and external hard drives to store all of the games. <laughs> it's a very good video. I would uh, suggest watching it. Um, Sponsored by Gerard, Gerard Butler Gerard. or whatever. Gerard. <laughs> thank you, Gerard, for your generous sponsorship. Yeah, thank, thank you, Gerard Way. Um, but I just want to mention that because it was very... Effective for me personally, because I I care very much about the aspect of preserving these things. And the fact of the matter is that there is no way to actually obtain these games. Like, Nintendo has made it impossible to obtain them otherwise through the eShop before this. And have not uh, created an alternative for doing it after they have been closed down. And made them it made it extremely hard to purchase these things while the eShop was closing. Yeah. And classic Nintendo. Yes. I uh I just think piracy should be legal if it can't be obtained any other way. That's all I'm saying. And I only bring this up because I have uh or have been maybe I have been through completely legal means. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't don't question it. Uh, I've been trying to play emulated versions of some of these games that I definitely own and have copies of. Well, yeah, I mean, as long as you own and have a copy of the game, then legally you are allowed to have an ISO and emulate it. And since you definitely own and have copies of these games, it shouldn't even be in question. Uh, Not at all. (laughs) That's right. That's right. You see, on this podcast, on Maoism Mensch, we're big fans of... Owning copies of games that we have ISOs of. So if you ever see any of us playing a game on an ISO, we own that game. Actually, you don't even need to currently own it. You just have to have owned it right, at some right. point in your life. Um, Why has Nico decided to wait until our podcast to walk around the house screaming? That's just what she does. She's very passionate about the legal use of emulation. She just wants to be part of the podcast. She's but doing um so good. <laughs> I really love my 3DS console and it was it you know it helped me through a lot of rough times <laughs> the times that I had it. And through playing a lot through playing some of these games that uh on this emulation software it's really striking to me just how you lose a lot from like not being able to play it on the hardware that it was originally intended for. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I've been playing the last of the Professor Layton games, the Azron Legacy, and the environments in that game are so beautiful. Like, they really outdid themselves with that entry specifically, and it feels so bad that I can't see it in, like, the full 3D effect, because I have always loved the way that they've used those 
that mm-hmm. uh, that technology. And I don't know, it's it just it makes me very sad, <laughs> but also happy that uh, people are finding newer ways to preserve this kind of stuff. Uh, so okay, that's just that's just what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> We uh, we love video game preservation. We do. We and you know maybe someone will three D print something. We're we're we're. I mean, we're really about video game history on this podcast. You know, I got a question for you. That's true. Does Professor Layton fuck in the latest in that in that installment? Uh, I have not gotten through it completely, but I've not seen because <laughs> that happen yet. I, you know, I'm just look. You know, Professor Layton. He's a suave gentleman. You know, he just seems like the kind of guy who at some point, he's going to fuck. Nathan, would you fuck Professor Layton? Oh, God. Nathan, would you fuck? Google Home would would fuck Professor Layton. <laughs> Nathan, would you fuck Professor Layton? I'd fuck Professor Layton. Yeah, sure. All right. Professor Layton really dapper. I feel like you might be projecting a little bit. I'm, I'm, no, it's not so much that he fucks, it's that you want him to fuck. And possibly fuck you. Well, you know, like, I just think that Professor Layton's pretty smooth, you know? And, like, I just want to see Professor Layton happy, that's all. I love his puke two beautiful dot eyes without a <laughs> single thought running through them. But that's the thing, right? It's He's got many thoughts running through them because he's, <laughs> uh, I mean, he's a genius unless you, really, unless you, the player, really suck at puzzles. He's truly an enigma. Shoutouts to Professor Layton and his family. That's right. And his young ward, I'm not really sure what the relation is with. Uh, he is, Luke is his apprentice. <laughs> says, saying, says Luke. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Shout I don't out, know anything about these Shout guys. out to his young ward. Uh, speaking of... He gets a, he gets a fucking robot... <laughs> Sorry, there was a trailer for the new game, and Luke has, like, aged up a little bit, and it's, like, it's got, like, steampunk aesthetics, and one of the clips from the new game shows Luke, like, riding in on, like, a chicken robot that's, like, a steam motorcycle, but with chicken legs. It's very good. And then there's the game where the fake Luke from the future has, like, an assault rifle or something, right? I remember you showing me this. Well, that's the part of the of the game where Leighton creates a machine gun at a parts at that are that are uh, at a casino. That's right. At that's a right. Slot machine parts at a casino. Yeah. Look, I if, thought this was like a a puzzle game, not like John Wick. Well, hold on. So it's like this is my favorite thing about people who are not aware of the Professor Leighton games is that you look at them and you think that like oh it's like this uh, very subdued mystery series where it's like yeah there's like the puzzles but the overarching story is probably just some like very normal mystery that it's like whatever is viewable here is probably not as crazy as it seems like you would assume it to have like a Sherlockian mystery kind of tinge to it right Mm -hmm. what is hilarious about that series is that the seemingly impossible thing that the mystery is revolving around is usually less insane than what is actually happening in the mystery. Damn. I've, you know, I've told Nathan many examples. Yeah, of it. no, it's it's a fucking batshit series, and I thanks to Mike, I have really developed an appreciation for it. 
maybe maybe I'll have to play some while I am super high on opiates um, for my facial surgery. But I did just want to say on on this topic of batshit insane things, um, Chainsaw Man, and I, I just I I was posting around a panel of uh, the chapter last week, um, and I realized that describing the context around that panel was so much more insane than anything a normal mind could imagine looking at it. And uh, read Chainsaw Man. Read Chainsaw Man, everybody. He's not a corn dog. He's not a corn dog. Nathan is a corn dog, though. Unfortunately. Yeah, I'm a corn dog. But he might be two corn dogs soon. But we'll the, see. That's okay. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, I don't mind being one corn dog or two. Hey, speaking of um, things to read, uh, Abby, I see that you've been enjoying the art of uh, ghastly Graham Ingalls and. Yeah, I popped it open. Um, I haven't gotten really much reading or any hobby activities done because I've been so tired from work and stuff, but I am burning out on just looking at my phone and playing Hearthstone, and so I've been trying to crack open books to read. Um, and, you know, I, I, I like Tales... I liked last time I read Tales from the Crypt, and I will enjoy reading more Tales from the Crypt. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. Shout out to EC. I think we already did an EC. We already episode, did the EC though. episode. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we don't we don't have to go through it all again. But you know, I just I just appreciate that you're uh, that you're reading it. Um, there was one thing I was going to say, and now I've totally forgotten. Um, so that's cool. You want to come over and play P plus tonight? Not like tonight. I mean, unless you really want to. No. I, well, I don't feel like going out tonight. But yeah, I'm definitely going to come over and play play p plus sure I've, ivy and i have been and mike have been playing playing a bunch mm-hmm. yeah I'll, I'll come over and play play p plus um what do you say we uh yeah, yeah charizard has thunder punch now oh hell yeah well yeah i know i've played with charizard thunder punch oh okay yeah yeah I've, I've 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 messed around with that it's a very nice move um it is. anyway uh what do you say we talk about moxie all right let's talk about moxie Okay, I love so everyone, Moxie. do you feel like you have a pep in your step? Do you feel like you're full I have Moxie? a pep in my step. Vim and Vigor? I, I, I do feel like I got Vim and Vigor. Um, I, I, I don't know. I really like it. The the Gentian root really, it provides a taste that, yeah, I just, I don't think I've ever tasted anywhere else. Um, it's, it's very nice. I'm glad that I picked up two extra cans of it um, when I was borrowing it. Borrowing? Just yeah. getting my share. I mean, getting my share. Please, getting my share. Please do not bring it back. Yeah, I'm not going to bring it back. Um, so, uh, yeah. No, I, I like it. Um, I wish that it was still its own thing and not a property of the Coca-Cola company. Absolutely. Uh, Me too. But, I would also kill for Sugar Moxie. Like, instead of corn syrup, oh I my think God. this would be Sh- incredible with sugar. Sugar Moxie would be something else. Um I suppose, like, that's not out of the question, though. I could totally see there being a Moxie throwback, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it would have limited distribution. But I, I, look, Coca-Cola's got infinite money. They can do it. So my thought is, mm-hmm. is I don't think that Moxie is, like, the world's greatest soda. I really like it. It's not my, it, it is, it is not my favorite soda. It's not the world's greatest soda. But I, I, I fucking love it. And if you put it in front of me, I will drink it. Mm-hmm. I, I will personally order it off Amazon to be shipped to my house. Which is how we got two cases of it. Yes. <laughs> will and have. <laughs> and exactly. probably will again, to be exactly. honest. Like, when we get money again, it's over for Moxie. 
Okay, Gentian root is, um, the Gentia is a genus, I think. Yeah, genus of plant named after Gentius, an Illyrian king who may have been, uh, discovered the tonic properties of the Gentians, uh, plants and everything. Hmm. Um, and it's native to Asia, Europe, and the Americas. That's cool. There's like 400 species. So, Abby, we know that you, and Ivy, we both know that you really, really like Moxie. However, I want to hear Mike's opinion. Yeah, I think this is Mike's, like, I think Mike had some before from this, like, order, but I think this is really his first time ever having it. I mean, I tried it before when, like, uh, when we ordered it earlier in the month. and then Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I like I, I had this um in Massachusetts and Nathan had it visiting. Ivy never had it either, but, like, we know Ivy's opinion. Oh, yeah, like, this is... It's great. The, the when you first ordered it like last month that was the first time that i actually have had it um it is very interesting i'm i'm a big fan of root beer like that yeah. is like my go-to for soda drinks and this is very similar but with like a little with an interesting like bitter aftertaste that kind of like lingers for a while after you drink it which is interesting uh i don't dislike it <laughs> Would you drink it again? Oh, definitely. I'm just not sure if it's something that I would, like, very often, like, look for. Like, if Moxie was as prominent as Rupert, I was like, I'm gonna get some Moxie! Well, when you say it like that, now I feel like you have to. Yeah. Because yeah. you see it and you're gonna say, I'm gonna get some Moxie every time. Yeah, you're gonna have get to buy Moxie! It. <laughs> you know, Ivy and I watched um, all of Adventure Time recently, and I think there should be a spinoff show about Jake's parents because they talk like that. I, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, yeah, that, Jack come on, I. dear, it's time to go kill some ghosts. I, it's time to go get some moxie. I, time to go get some moxie. I, I think it's, Do we make it's, moxie by wringing their souls dry? Of boys, <laughs> Jake, Jermaine, we're going down to the store to get some moxie. Do you want any? I gotta commit some war crimes on the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nathan. We need saying... money from Oxy. I think it's really good, and I think that I think I'm kind of with Mike. I think I would probably get it more often than Mike. I think that if all the sodas in the world that I like, and oh, sorry, all the sodas in the world that are like my toppest top tier of soda. And there are, I think, only four sodas I can think of right now off the top of my head that are in the toppest top tier of soda, right? Maybe five. Oh. Actually, no, there are five. There are five sodas. Um, Moxie would be one of them, and if I could have it all the time, it would definitely be in the rotation. However, I do think it would be subordinated to the other sodas in the toppest top tier of sodas. That's fair. I, I just miss being able to, because the other thing was um where I first had it was um at the mini golf slash arcade that I used to smash Vince at. So that would kind of, it would be one of my like weekly drinks, bi-weekly yeah. drinks. Yeah. So I'd, I'd go and I'd, I'd get my moxie every week or every two weeks usually. Um, so it was kind of like, just like a nice little thing. And I, I would absolutely do that if it was more prevalent down here. Um, as it stands, I honestly don't drink a ton of soda anymore. So I will probably order this every once in a while because two cases is really enough to last me quite a while right mm-hmm. cheer wine's the king um let's let's not make any mm-hmm. any questions about it cheer wine's the king 
Um, but, you know, Moxie can be a courtier. Okay. And uh, Ivy, since this is yes. also really your first time trying, what's what's your succinct succinct in opinion about Moxie brand soda? Um, so I really like Moxie because it reminds me of just boiling sassafras root and making a tea out of it. And it's like if that was a soda, and I like that. Because, like, it has that very distinct root flavor that modern root beer uh, doesn't have because it's, I think, technically illegal to use sassafras root as an ingredient in root beer now because they did one study on it in the 1950s, and when they injected, like, you know, 20,000 times the normal dose into a rat, um, it got cancer. I don't think it's illegal because I feel like we found some, but it's very rare. Maybe it's yeah, highly it, it regulated. Was like, it's very rare. It, it, it was it was like disapproved by the FDA, basically. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, ironically enough one of those things that the America really regulates. Normally, it's the other way around. The FDA like lets like horrible cancer causing dies through, and other yeah. countries don't. In this case, sassafras roots really regulated in America, not so much even in other Anglophone countries. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, too, is all of that is based off of one, like, just one study that was done poorly and, like, did not actually test it under the conditions that literally any being was capable of consuming, right? It would have been like if you did a modern study on, like, say, marijuana, and you were like, you can overdose on this, and it's like, well, how much did you give it? It's like... 15,000 times more than what any human would ingest in their lifetime. And it's like, well, all right. That's not that's not reasonable. <laughs> like those studies where they were like <laughs> I to get to get an equivalent effect and to develop cancer, I would have had to drink I think probably 8,000 gallons of root beer or something all at once. And if I do that, I have way bigger problems on my hands, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like those like sassafras that, root uh... has been used as a like medicinal herb in dozens probably hundreds of cultures across the americas um for thousands of years like it literally it it it, it, it helps with tummy aches speaking from personal experience and you can use the uh the branches uh to brush your teeth i would do that yeah. yeah, it was like those uh, those studies where it's like, we tested the negative effects that marijuana can have on people, and this is like, we tested it on a bunch of monkeys. We definitely didn't suffocate them while doing this. Professor Layton! I, uh... Professor Layton, come here! I've injected this rat with <laughs> sarsaparilla root, sassafras root. Can, can you... Hi, come here! I've, I've injected root. I've injected root into these ghosts. And I just... I didn't even grind it up or anything. I just stuffed a root in a syringe and then forced it into its bloodstream. Professor Layton, can you solve the puzzle of why this rat died? Every puzzle has a solution. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I can make the fucking puzzle. Dun, 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 dun. We'll, we'll get that in post. Get that in post. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that it's like, it does the little ding, ding, ding. Ah, I see. <laughs> it's fucking dead. <laughs> um, how is, how is the New Englander? Um, cocktail it was okay it kind of neut- right. neutralized that bitter aftertaste which 
I'm not sure if I'm like a big fan of because I feel no, like no, I, I, yeah, I feel like that's what makes you know that kind of gives Moxie its uniqueness. So neutralizing it, it, it's I don't know, like it's it's okay to drink gin and Moxie. Certainly, like these two things, I guess go together. But I don't know if I really like it as a cocktail, given its yeah. parent ingredients. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge gin fan. It was fine but i wouldn't go out of my way for it. i don't know maybe maybe we're really missing the magic of the, the worcestershire, worcestershire sauce. sauce and i will not be finding out i do not want to know about it <laughs> i'll leave that to the fucking yanks all right um go to our patreon if you don't sub to our patreon remember you're a yank now and we hate yanks on this podcast uh, if you do sub, we will forgive you for being a yank. You can also uh, donate to my GoFundMe for facial feminization surgeries and follow all of us on Twitter.com, more or less, except for Nathan, and I don't think Mike cares. But um, number go up is good. You can also follow Mal as a minch on Patreon, on uh, Twitter, which is still an existing Twitter account. Um, for Patreon.com forward slash Mal as a minch. Yeah, for as long as Twitter survives, which will hopefully, God willing, not be much longer. Yeah. I'm looking on getting invited to Blue Sky. It looks neat. Oh, I'd get... Follow Mal as a minch on Blue Sky I, next week or something. I'd go on Blue Sky. Anyway, this was Mal as a minch, and uh, we hope you learned something, even if it wasn't what you wanted to learn. <laughs> Then in the outro, you just play like the latent solving, <laughs> solving a puzzle like, dun dun dun. Okay, yeah, like, but put it after Mike saying that, <laughs> <laughs> and like, okay, throw a venom off cry in there. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. We're out. Bye. Bye, everybody. That should do it. Every puzzle has an answer. <laughs>